Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Mill fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tin fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter at Lions Food Hub. DM them. You can DM me at Actong Millwall, and I'll pass on any help and information that we can. Lions Food Hub at Lions Food Hub. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. You're listening to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Set no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and let me begin by telling you something of the angst that can you know, bedevil the life of the average podcaster. I set out today to give you a really nice interview that I did in the aftermath of yesterday's 1-0 loss at Vicarage Road, speaking to Oscar, Watford-based um, journalist with Millwall Sympathies. And as much as uh, I've tried and tried and tried, the Skype interview I did in the immediate aftermath of yesterday's game uh, recorded my voice, <laughs> didn't record Oscars. Um, you can hear about the faintest, faintest reply that I, he makes to my questions. Unfortunately, there just isn't sufficient um, oomph in the recording for me to play it to you. So you've got me as a solo act. Um, thankfully, Oscar did supply me with a nice little clip from Gary Rowett's post-match um, interviews from the press conference after yesterday's one nought loss at Watford. So we're going to begin with listening to Gary Rowett's views on uh, Mill Matters and uh, you know, Mill Life in general. Let's, let's go over to Gary Rowett now. Yeah, we had a spell. We had three games. We missed, I missed three games and virtually all the staff. And we, had, we had about six or seven players that got it and we had to come back and play very quickly after we lost that game. We were, we were miles off it physically, which you'd expect. Um, we've had two players um, broken, their, uh, broken their feet, we've had two broken toes this season, we've had two dislocated shoulders, we've had countless situations where you wouldn't expect to be in that, that position, but we've tried to get through it and we'll be stronger for it. I think we had two or three players away from being a really, really good side and then when all our injuries are back and, and we do some business in the summer and, and uh, you know, I think that's credit to us, we still have a chance of 
You know, we finished eighth last season, we still have a chance of finishing in the top ten this season. We're only a point or two out of it. And for that, I think the players deserve the best work. Yeah, look, we brought in Troy Parrott, we brought in Kenza Hall um, to give us that extra little bit. And, and you know, unfortunately, for different reasons, that Michael has been available for very large spells. So, therefore, even Ken today coming up, you know, he's not really fit, not match fit, we'll just put it out there, see if he can get us something. Um, you know, we've had a lot of misses, I think. Mean, you know, the likes of Hutchie out, the likes of Ryan Lennon down, Matt Smith in the last 20 minutes, you know, to get put something really different on the pitch. I'm sure you've got on the end of one of those crosses today. So, so um, but it is where we are, you know, a lot of teams have suffered. It's been a very, very unusual season. We've still got two games left. And we want to try and finish them off strongly. We've had four games now where we knew the four games were really, really tough, you know, to play the likes of Swansea, the likes of Brentford, Bournemouth, Watford. You know, we've had four out of five top, top teams. And maybe it's just at this stage of the season with a lack of options, we've just been, you know, don't be too far off. But again, I'm proud of the players that have done really, really well at times this season. Um, you know, final two games, I'd like to get them out of the way quickly, coming comfortable. Yeah, we try. We want to win games. You know, we don't want to. We don't want to be too experimental. But you know, there's different ways of trying to play. We went to five-two-three today. We pressed a lot higher. I thought it worked quite well at times. Good size. Hot day like today is very difficult to maintain that for long periods. But like the Hayden comes on, he'll he'll. Benefit from that experience, Tyler again, Danny, Billy, more games, you know, so it's four, four folks of our academy that I think, you know, can go on to a bright future. Against the side like Watford, very difficult to win the game in the scenario. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pass over the last two games and we'll just keep pushing to see if we can win more games for the season soon. But if we get more injuries, we've got more other players, so they're going to have to start. I think, I think me and Adam might be playing centre back. <laughs> that will be an interesting experiment, I'm sure that. Achtung, Mailball. Today we are um, Rowett quite correctly identifying the injuries that we've sustained. I know every club in this division um, will have sustained injuries over the course of the campaign. We do seem to have had some fairly severe ones, which has actually blighted the, uh, the you know the squad in in the course of a, of a difficult season. I think it's also worth mentioning that we entered yesterday's game, with the season being a dead rubber now, you know, just uh, three games before we started yesterday, two games now to go um, up against the side that we're looking to um, seize their chance to go back to the Premier League, which of course it did work out that way for them. Um, but the you know, entering into the game, it's worth noting that the Hornets, as Jake Sanders posted here on Twitter, Jake, the Hornets had the best home record in Europe, in European football, home record. And they'd won their last seven at Vicarage Road, scoring 17, conceding just once. He described it as a monumental task going into the game, and so it was. It certainly seemed that way on the back of the very poor display against Bournemouth in midweek, um, described as being on the beach by Gary Rowett after that game. Well, yesterday's game... We were not on the beach, and I'm, I'm grateful to be able to say that much because, like all Millwall fans, all that you really look for is is effort. And it's a minimum expectation that, that we expect from our side that they go and give their all. They didn't do that on Wednesday, but they did yesterday up there in Watford. So some changes, three changes to the side coming into the game yesterday. Uh, Marlon Romeo replaced Alex Pierce, surprisingly. 
taking um, a position in the back line of defence, in the back three. Not seen him there before. Um, I thought he did really well yesterday. Uh, Tom Bradshaw started up front for the rather lacklustre Kenneth Zohor, mentioned by Gary Rowett, though he's not being fit. Um, he's not been fit for much of his tenure at Mill. Um, Mason Bennett started in place of Ryan Woods, who was actually sat in, in the terraces, on the, in the seats. You don't have terraces anymore, dear listeners. Sat in the uh, in the seats on the sidelines watching on. Um, he was on the bench yesterday. He didn't take the field at all in the course of yesterday's game. So the Millwall starting 11, Bart Bielkowski in goal, back line of George Evans, Jake Cooper captaining the side for the first time, I believe, yesterday, and Marlon Romeo in the back three. Either side of them in the wing-back positions, on the left he had Scott Malone, Danny McNamara, and midfield two yesterday, Billy Mitchell, Michael Keeftonbelt, and then up front, the three of Mason Bennett, Jed Wallace, our, our go-to man every time, and Tom Bradshaw. Um, now, initially, I've got to be honest, I thought we were going to be in for another pounding after the first 20 minutes of proceedings yesterday, which included the penalty, which looked a good shout on nine minutes, a one-two on the right side of the penalty area, and uh, the, I think it was Lewis Saar, um, very good player, number 23, very, very good-looking player. We'll come back to the likes of Saar and some of the other Watford players later, but um, nice move on their part on the right side. Billy clipped him. Um, I think I've seen Gary Rowett describe that challenge as naive. Um, certainly caught him. It was a good penalty. And put away quite nicely by him for 1-0, straight down the middle. Bart went to his to his, uh, his side and the ball was just put straight down the middle. Um, and at that point, I'll be quite honest, I think like many of the viewers, such as there were um, online, I thought we were in for a cricket score, dear listeners. Free header just a few minutes after that, that 1-0 start for them. Bennett um, conceded a free kick on the right. A free header was allowed, saved by Bart. Some defensive um, panic, I thought, there. We were just a little bit, um, you know, looking a little bit edgy um, at this point. Another beautiful move on 17 minutes. Um, slightly overcooked in the end in front of goal. A shot wide. And as the commentators, Max and and uh, and Carl, welcome back, chaps, after that private Fraser type that we had in the week. Welcome back to you both. Uh, you described it as relentless pressure at this point, 17 minutes into the game. A breakdown of right at pace. We really were seeing the very best that money can buy in championship terms. We saw it on Wednesday, but we didn't really put up any real resistance against Bournemouth. We did resist as best we could in this opening phase against Watford, but um, my word, as uh, Ray Wilkins used to say, my word, they were good. Pace, movement and passing. Um, we really didn't have much of an answer, and we were doing well to cling on to the game. But, but in fairness to this side, and I think it's worth saying this, we showed good steel, good recovery, because as the first half wore on, after that initial first quarter phase, shall we say, slowly, slowly, we clawed our way back into the game. Bradshaw um, had a, a chance on 23 minutes, shot wide. Um, difficult chance, as memory serves. Um, and gradually, we, we started to close matters down. No more chances for Watford in the remainder of the first half. And in fact, the best chance, in all honesty, of, of the of the game, um, from our point of view, on 35 minutes, which was a great shot by Billy Mitchell, very well saved by their goalkeeper. Um, and then Bennett, I think, clipped the crossbar in the, in the um, ensuing melee, which allowed a corner. Um, 
really good chance. And we were doing well to get ourselves back into the game. So as I say, no more chances for Watford the remainder of the first half. And the Lions slowly, slowly started to get a grip, get a hold on the game. Great to see. And so it continued after half-time, still 1-0 down, obviously. But no chances, really. Some, some attractive football at times from Watford, but nothing worth noting in my notes watching the game yesterday. Opportunities, in fact, for the Lions. Some early opportunities for Bradshaw, then, then a, a nice dribble down the left for, for Bennett. And some nice play. I mean, as, the, as the, 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 the kind of first part of the second half, the third quarter, if you like, of the game wore along, I thought we were actually getting a grip of the game and starting to look like we might dream of getting something out of it. We dodged a bit of a bullet on 60 minutes, a penalty shout. Um, I've seen them given different referees. The referee was a little bit erratic yesterday. You could hear Gary Rarick balling him out for inconsistency, and I make him right because um, that was to our benefit there. They might have felt aggrieved on, on the Watford side of, of, of the fence at that penalty shout. Um, but as the half wore on, increasingly um, the game stretched and Watford did start to get chances and, and shots late in the, in the half. We, we we saw it through and I think it's worth really praising this, this Millwall side because you know we were up against it. Monumental was the right word described by Jake at the start of the game yesterday. And, you know, to, to, to basically, even though the game stretched towards the end of the second half, let's put it this way, I thought we were defensively still solid. Pulled a little bit here and there late, but overall, a very strong middle performance. One or two late half chances. Jed put the ball across the Watford penalty on 87 as they, as they were getting tense. It was ticking down to them, getting automatically promoted to the Premier League. And then Keefton Bell shot over very, very late in the 88th minute. Um, couldn't make a, a, a dent on the scoreline. It finished 1-0 which led to celebrations on the Watford side for promotion. Um, but overall, I think that was a good, good team performance. I want to pick out a few names. I thought Romeo did very well. He's my man of the match. Um, out of position in a central kind of a central back position. I thought he did okay. Billy Mitchell in midfield. After a little wobbly start, um, I think the, the giving away the penalty slightly got in his head a touch. Um, but overall, that was a strong Billy Mitchell performance. I also want to mention, I mean, obviously Jed and Bennett but gave their usual good performances, but I also want to mention Tom Bradshaw, who's not been picked very often. Um, some might criticise his, um, you know, his lack of finishing, his lack of clinical kind of skills in front of goal. I don't think you could, in all honesty, say that yesterday. I know we didn't score, um, but he put a lot of work in there yesterday. And it's good to see him in a role in the starting eleven. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him starting the last two games of the season, though, because I thought he actually did okay. A goal would be you know, a major boost to his confidence, but um, it won't surprise me to see him starting up front. Certainly, in contrast with the injured Zohor, attitude-wise Zohor, I don't know. Um, I think maybe Zohor is not the answer for us. I also want to mention some good performance. I was watching Hayden Muller, who came on late, at 75 minutes onwards. Um, did well. I, I watched him particularly. We haven't seen much of him, and you know he had a few um, moments to impress. Made a couple of good challenges, um, positioning, passing. He looked pretty good. I would really like to see Hayden get a start in the next one or two games. 
that we did well enough yesterday to to um, you know generate that chance. Let's hope that Gary Rowett sees the same sees it the same way. Tyler Bury did well also when he, he came into the game. But my man of the match for me yesterday, based on his performance, Marlon Romeo. So let's take the chance now just to listen to Michael Avery's voicemail that he sent me yesterday. He also watched the game. So we're going to switch over now to Michael. Hello. So 1-0 uh, uh, Vicarage Road. And um, yeah, I will be brutally honest. I was a little bit apprehensive about buying this game after um, the debacle that was in the midweek. I still think... Um, even now my head's cleared that midweek wasn't particularly good from our side. But uh, I wouldn't say I was happy to purchase today's game, um, but it was certainly a lot better than the midweek. And considering the amount of players uh, we had out um, to only lose um, to a now-proven um, Premier League team, only 1-0 to a, a penalty is, isn't too bad. I did think the opening sort of 20, 25 minutes we were right under the cosh. Um, and yeah, the, you know, if there wasn't a few swipes or a few um, mislaid passes by Watford, they could have been out of sight. But I think we settled well into the game. Um, it was nice to see Bradshaw actually have a few moments where he looked pretty good. He looked pretty sharp. I'm not sure what's been said to him behind the scenes. Um, and I just do think it was a bit more organised. It was slightly better. It was good to see Cooper taking the armband. I thought he, he played well. And also Romeo on that right-hand side of the back three, which was an unusual choice, but I thought he did very well. Um, I wouldn't say there was massive, massive amounts to talk about, really. You know, Millwall, Millwall were, the, were the better side at times throughout the game, um, but I, I feel it was quite even. It was just unfortunate that, um, as I say, we had so many of our key players out or or a, a number of our players out um, that could have arguably changed the game if they were there. Two more games to go, as Mike Hayden says. We're nearly there. We're nearly at the end. We know we've got a rebuild to do. But strength of that performance, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I have to say this final comment. I'm not sure about you, dear listeners. Please please tweet or message Nick, not me, um, if you uh, agree, disagree. But we all just don't do mid-table boring football, do we? We need to either be pushing for promotion or fighting relegation because these 10th, 11th place finishes... Big thank you to Michael. One or two comments from the internet. I know it was a dead rubber of a game. Not many watched it, I don't think. There wasn't a huge amount of comment about it afterwards. But I've picked out one or two of the best ones, in my humble opinion, dear listeners. Dan says, uh, 1-0 last story of the season. We just can't score. Good championship team up to the forward line. Get a couple of forwards in during the summer and we'll be fine. Um, agree, forward play is going to be key. We look pretty solid. I mean, I think that was the point that Gary Rowett made in the press conference, that overall we've got a pretty solid team. We do need to up the flair, the movement and the pace. That's been the difference in the last couple of games with the decent sides, Bournemouth and then Watford. That's where we've fallen short. Andrew, MFC, 13 efforts on goal, says Andrew. And only two on target sums us up this season. It's hard to imagine us kicking on with our budget. This is probably as good as it gets for us. Well, this was one of the points. I'm really sad I couldn't resurrect the um, recording I made with Oscar because one of the points I was I was making with him that we may have to sell to generate money to buy. Um, I think this may be a thing. Um, so who knows? Our crown jewels will be Jed, will be Jake, and. Who knows? Uh, possibly, possibly Hutch. I don't know. 
Um, of those, I think Jake and Jed are will be the most valuable players for other teams. We may need to start to think seriously about selling to buy, dear listeners. What do you think? Hopefully not, of course, but we do have to look at the budget. We will come back to the budget question shortly. Graham can't fault the team today. Definitely deserves something out of the game. Agree with Marlon, man of the match, says Graham. Um, Jake Sanders um, posted, God knows how Ishmaelia Saar is playing at this level. Um, Ishmaelia Saar was signed, according to Wikipedia, I don't know how you know solid this is, but um, signed in the Premier League by Watford for £30 million. Three zero million. He's, he's rating on my favourite nonsense website, transfermarket.com. He's probably some boy um, sat in his bedroom. Um, it's 18 million. It wouldn't surprise me. He did look a different level of striker yesterday. But 30 million quid, dear listeners. I know that's the, you know, that's the level that they play at in the Premier League. But bloody hell, that's, you know, that's that's the problem. That's going to be the hook. Um, we'll come back to that on in terms of before we close out. Matthew Nash Marlon was very good on the right of a three at the back. Just that cutting edge as ever, which led us down. A valiant effort, says Matt. And we bossed the game for an hour, really. Mitchell and Jed ran Romeo closest men of the match. Um, John Fenton, Bradshaw has not been given a fair crack of the whip this season, and he never moans, says John. Has he been given a fair crack of the whip for you, dear listeners? I don't. Th- I, I quite like Tom Bradshaw. You know, he was busy yesterday. I, I take the point that as a number nine, he's got to be clinical, but um, he didn't get the chances. Finally, Tony Monday praising says praising Romeo is an unpopular thing. He made two fantastic last ditch blocks today. He's a proper player and underappreciated by some. I make that right. I make Tony Monday right. Just to give a, a sense of, I mean, you probably know this stuff already, so forgive me if I'm telling you what you know already, dear listeners. But I took a chance just to have a quick look at some of the values of some of the players that, on occasion yesterday, looked really, really good. And we're actually kept quiet for large chunks of that game yesterday. Just as a, just to give a sense of um, how good the performance was overall. We've meant Ishmaela Saar. So I've got his first name. I called him Louis Saar. I don't know who that, who that is. Louis Saar. Um, Ishmaela Saar. Thirty million pounds he was signed from the Rennes in League One in France. Um, I just had a quick. I didn't do many of these. Uh, Will Hughes was the the blonde. Um, Midfielder signed for £8 million, £30 million, £8 million. Kiko Femenia, Spanish player, 3.6 mil. Um, Mark Navarro, Spanish forward, Mark Navarro, 2 million euros. Joao Pedro, Brazilian, £9 million. And so it goes on, so it goes on. This is the kind of opponent that we're going to be up against. We can't change that. Um, and perspective is is never an easy thing in the midst of the heat of a, of a, of a football match. But that's who, um, that's the level of player that we didn't bring our A game to the game on Wednesday and we got punished for it. We did bring our A game with a very makeshift 11 yesterday and that's the level we kept quiet. So I think it's worth um, praising a very strong overall performance despite the defeat. And there'll be some people screaming at the at the speakers. Now we got beat, and you know, we, um, with, you know, irrational reactions to this. But we were playing against a side that was very, very expensively assembled. Then we did well, in my humble opinion, dear listeners. So there we are. That's going to be the um, 
end of the first half of this rather strangely put together show. I'm going to um, come back after the break with a nice interview I did the other day with a Millwall fan, also Notts County fan, Steve Sanders, ordinary bloke on Twitter. Um, I'll be back right after these messages. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition of Achtung Millwall. Joining me on this special midweek edition is a special guest, a good friend of mine. From some years back, I remember seeing you, Steve, up at some Northern Away Day a good few years ago. We said hello. It's Mr. Steve Saunders of Notts County and Millwall. There's a combination for you, Steve. How are you doing, mate? Yes, uh, I'm doing absolutely great. Thank you, Nick. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember which away ground it was that we met at. Was it Barnsley or was it? Was it? No, it was uh, Shrewsbury away. Shrewsbury, the first, the first game for Millwall in Division One when when we've been relegated. Absolutely, <laughs> I could. I, I saw I, this man talking into his phone or a microphone. <laughs> first, I thought strange fellow, and I thought, hang about that must be Nick. So I came up and introduced myself. Well, at least you didn't ask me if I was old Bill or a grass or. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what I get accused of being when I'm doing that. Um, it's, it's such an eccentric thing to do, but but people think all sorts of things about me. But no, we we went Shrewsbury. I could not remember for the life of me which ground it was. I just knew it was a far flung point away from London. Um, Steve, it's a fascinating combination to be a Notts County fan and a Millwall fan. And you did me a wonderful article a few years ago from No One Likes Us magazine, outlining just how it was that you came to have a soft spot for the Lions. Um, could you could I mean, for the listeners perfect? I, I just wondered if you could relate that story to to, to the wider yeah, public. It goes back a long way, and I've been following Millwall results ever since. It, it relates back um, to 1976. It was the first game of the season of the 76-77 season. Um, I was a young lad then. I was only about 14, um, 
and I was just started to be allowed to go to football on my own. And I, <laughs> I got a season ticket at Notts and we played Millwall first game. Okay. Um, Millwall bought about 1,500 fans and they were behind one goal. The county fans were behind the opposite goal. Um, I was on the side and after 58 seconds, Millwall went 1-0 up. That's a good start to a season, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> and... Uh, about 500 Millwall fans immediately set off on a mini pitch invasion running across the pitch. Um, most of them fell over three times, I think, on the way. I think they've been uh, in a few of the Nottingham pubs before. Um, the Notts County fans didn't want to know and scattered long before they got there. Um, and then Millwall took the Notts County end. And I remember being really, really annoyed, to be honest yeah, with them. Yeah. So annoyed that our end had been taken and so easily. Um, but it, it sort of had an impression on me, and um, I've always looked out for them ever since. Um, you know, we've all got teams probably that we look out the results for, and since that date, I've every time Noel's played, I've looked up the results and seen how they've gone on, and hope that they've done well because I, I really wanted to be one of the Millwall fans on that day. To be honest, <laughs> <with you. laughs> that's a wonderful story. I, I love that story. I remember you, you did a great article, and I remember reading it, thinking this is this is fantastic stuff. I mean, younger listeners need to know that this was a thing that if you could get into the other team's home end in the in the era of terracing, the same era that you and I come from, Steve. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this was a big deal, and it was a big know, feather in the cap, wasn't it? Absolutely, and, absolutely. Yeah, um, and uh, they definitely got it that day. <laughs> and obviously, some some grounds were harder than others, and I, I, Notts County um, unfortunately didn't have a, a reputation, which is probably to their long term benefit. Um, and we 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 did, which is to our long term. I don't know what I go around in circles, benefit and detriment. I think you can argue it both ways. Yeah, probably. Yeah. When's your first so, game at Notts County, Steve? When was your first? Um, my first match? game at Notts County. Yeah. Yes, yeah. would be about, and I'm having to guess because I was very young, it would be about 68 or 69. And oh, it was right. okay. Notts County nil, Brentford nil. <laughs> uh, one of the worst games ever. Um, my dad, my dad, bless him, he was, um, he watched Notts and Forest, but he was a Notts fan. Um, oh, and he yeah. took myself and my brother to, to a Forest Sunderland game one week, and it was 2 0 to Forest. They beat Sunderland. It was a cracking game. Really enjoyed it. Um, and then a week or two later, he took us to Notts and uh, Brentford. Um, and he said to us, right, right, lads, you've got to choose who you support. And we yeah. both said Forrest. And uh, <laughs> my dad went, well, uh, if you want to support Forrest, I'll take you once, maybe twice a year at best. Uh, if you want to support County, I'll take you every week. Right. Uh, <laughs> and me being not as clever as my brother, my brother stuck to it and carried on being a Forest fan. Um, maybe not so clever. I gave in to the to the lure of regular football. The emotional blackmail. <laughs> yeah, changed my mind immediately to not. And I always tell people, you know, my brother's obviously the cleverest one because he's been to two European Cup finals and League Cup finals and FA Cup finals, and I've been to Grimsby and Boreham Wood. So, <laughs> so who's the fool? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. I mean, I think another thing just to say to again, younger listeners, is Notts County are, A, they're the oldest professional football club in England. Um, I know they're not in the uh, football league. I still think of them as a football league club, Steve. I, I think that it's, yeah. you know, it's um, the, the, the pyramid system is, is a wonderful thing, but I think they're on loan to the National League and um, deservedly a football league club um, because of their, their history and stature. But, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a substantially, you know, trophied in the past, going back a long way, but I mean, Notts County were a major name in the game. 
Yeah, yeah, um, FA Cup winners. Um, one of the original founding teams of, of the league, which has been in the news quite a bit this week, one of the original founding absolutely uh, members um, and a lot of history. Um, and we were, as you say, the, the actual title was the oldest remaining league club. There is one team that's actually older, it's Sheffield FC. Of course. Which is not, which is not yeah. Wednesday or United. It's, it's a, not, a current non-league team. Yeah, They're the oldest team, but we were the oldest remaining league team. Um, and when we fell out of the Division 2 two seasons ago, we lost that title. Um, and what hurts it more than anything, there was a little bit of an argument between Stoke and Forest who that title then went to. Yeah. Uh, and they settled on Forest, so they've got our title. So they've got it until, until Notts County. Yeah. But in, in fairness to Forest, I mean, we used to mark, we used to use it as a marketing tool, the world's oldest league. It was written on the shirts. Yeah. That's uh, what it used to be. Uh, but Forest have left it alone because... I think they realise that probably one day we will be back and they'll have to gear it up and it's probably a bit disrespectful to, to steal our thunder. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, I, I, Notts County were regular opponents in my formative years of Millwall through the Division 2 days and then at some point in Division 3, I think, as well. Um, yeah. I, it's funny enough, it's a ground I've never been to. I've been to Forest a couple of times, a few times over, over the years. I've never been to Meadow Lane. Um, and I, I, when I, one of the things we were just speaking off air, Steve, about what we might do, and I thought one of the things I might do at some point is is get up to Nottingham to go to a game at Notts County. It's just one of those um, places for some reason I just never got along to. So maybe yeah, it a is a lovely ground. I mean, we used to yeah. say when League One we had the best ground in League One. Um, then we fell to League Two, and I think it was almost definitely the best ground in League Two. Um, and it's we're in <laughs> we're non-league. <laughs> Best ground in non-league, mate, I'll tell you that much. It's without doubt the best ground, which they're saying now probably works against us because it's a bit of a sort of a Wembley-like appearance, you know, for, for lesser teams that come. Yeah. Uh, and they, I say lesser teams, they're equal to us now, uh, but smaller teams, and they play up, and um, it's probably the best ground they've ever played on, and it's sort of their, their big occasion where it's just run of the mill for us. So it might work against us now. Well, a visit to Nottingham is always an enjoyable one. I mean, we were just talking about the cricket, um, Forest's ground, obviously, with its its own history, um, Notts County with its own standing in, in, in the game and the River Trent and, and, and the uh, the pub life and all the rest of it. And I suppose it does work against you rather it's, because the, the three event came, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the three, the, the cricket and the two football grounds are all within, what, five or six minutes walk. You can see them, can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you say, there's lots of nice pubs. It's, it's the nicest part of Nottingham without any shadow of a doubt, that the grounds are actually in. Um, yes, and it's, uh, I know away supporters do enjoy those, and you get a lot of stay for the weekend, uh, make a weekend of it, and I don't blame them. Notts County, um, since, you know, decline and fall, so to speak, and it kind of coincides with the financial shenanigans uh, that we've been hearing nothing else but the European Super League, and which oddly includes Juventus, the uh, the wearers of Nottingham, Notts County's black and white yep. stripes. Um, you know, it's it, financial mismanagement did for Notts County, didn't it? Really, it was it was um, almost a classic um, overreach. We, we, would you we say, got, Steve? Yeah, we got took in. It was the 2010-11 season, I think it was, um, and we were bottom division. Then all of a sudden, this Monto Finance came in, and they said they were going to make us a Premier Club. Um, we signed Sven Goran Eriksson as our That's manager. Right. Remember that? Yeah. He came in originally as head of football, then he was the manager, and that was like a dream come true. Yeah. Um, we signed Sol Campbell, 
Yes, uh, I remember that. He played 40, 40 minutes of one game and decided he was going. So I think, he, to be honest with you, I think he saw through it and saw there was no money. Yeah. We were linked with uh, Mancini coming as manager. Um, but Sven has said since that he actually rang Mancini. He worked out that there was no money and it was all a con and he rang Mancini. He was supposed to be coming the next week uh, and he rang him and told him not to bother coming. Um, so we could have had him as manager and there was talk of his signing Beckham, uh, Roberto Carlos, Figo, and I'm not joking, these were names that were being banded about yeah. um, that we were supposed to be buying because we were, you know, we'd become the money team because um, this Monto Finance were, uh, wants to use as an experiment and takes into the top division, which which would never have worked anyway. You throw all the money you want at Notts County, but even when times are good, there's only 10,000 of us support them that go. Um, and you don't change your team. Forest get 30,000 going, but they're not going to go, oh, Notts have got the money, I'll go and watch them. That's not how it works, is it, Nick? Uh, no, no, football attracts uh, this world of... Um shysters and fraudsters and god knows what else steve doesn't it and you know yeah. it's, it's been an interesting thing to watch the um the european super leagues kind of um you know fall and uh, rise and fall over two days because it never ceases to amaze me how the world of football attracts these people i mean obviously there's, this is like a, a billionaire's rich man's um scam that they put together this week to to try to take control of European and potentially, I guess, world football if it, if it really went the distance. Mm. Um, and somehow um, it, it trades on the kinds of things that we, you and I take for granted, the history of clubs, the, the, the kind of authenticity of, you know, you said there 10,000 Knots fans would turn up. I don't know what they're like in the National League, maybe, maybe a few less there, I guess. But still, you're going to get a few, thousands of fans showing for a club that they've loved all of their lives. And these people are like vultures and they come in and, you know, like the people that yeah. have done this to Notts County, they, they suck it dry. They, they, yeah. I'm wary of regulation because we, we, we all know that um, government and laws really, um, you know, really do much good, but I can't see any, any alternative to the government stepping into this situation. We, you can't have gangs of, um, cartels coming in and, and almost running off with your game. How do, how do you yeah. see the situation right now, mate? Well, you know, when it was first announced, um, my first initial thought, which which I don't agree with now, but my very first thought was good riddance, go then if you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Liverpool, Man U, um, Arsenal, Spurs, the, 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 the Chelsea, they, they win everything, don't they? They win everything. Well, what, uh, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal and Spurs don't, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> They'd love to. <laughs> We, we know we almost know that the FA Cup and the League Cup finals is yeah, no, I, I think most so. of them, um, and the League Championship or, or, or figure one of them. Um, I mean, I know it's the sort of dreamland probably for for Millwall to, to get into the Premier, but what will they do in the Premier? Um, they're not going to come top, are they? I'd love them to, but they're not. We know they're not. Um, just like when you get Fulham in the Premier or West Brom, they know they're not going to come top. I think the, the the nearest we've got is Leicester. Um, but did we, watch, yeah. did we yeah. watch a one-off there? Because I mean, Leicester are they're, they're, they're kind of near, nearly uh, a nearly club now. I mean, they they couldn't repeat the feat because it was circumstances allowed them to become yeah. rightful champions. I mean, I, I I think it's one of the great stories of football, Leicester winning the Premier League. But it mm. it stands out because it's so unusual. And, and your your point, I think, that you're making there is is a valid one that you know who's going to win. You know, it's going to be Manchester City. It's going to be Liverpool now. Probably United if they can get their act together. 
Chelsea maybe, and that's kind of going to be the top four. And mm. There's no unpredictability. Um, yeah. You know, so my initial thought was without them, we could have another the seven of the better championship mm. teams in the Premier. Um, and then who wins? Well, it could be anybody then, couldn't it? It could be anybody. I would like to see that. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see there being a rebalancing or whatever term you want to use to describe it of the game because, you know, um, we're talking about Notts County, we're talking about Millwall. I mean, both have been clubs that have had shots at, at, at the top level. And it'd be wonderful to think you can at least get into the top level and have a have a have a, a chance of um, you know we we when we were in the uh, first division we went top on but in both seasons well yeah. you know it'd be nice to think that you can have at least have an outside chance of that whereas yeah well Nos Nos have been up there twice during my lifetime yeah uh, yeah we were we were in the top division the year before it became the Premier we were relegated that year so we literally missed out the first season was it ninety two of the Premier. Um, the season before, Notts have been in the top division. We've been there for two years. So we just missed out on all the money, uh, which is a shame because we might be a different club. Even, even with just one year's money, Nick, we might be a different, completely different well, club. And some and some some decent management, off-field management, because I think that's that's often the key to... The, you know, you see a lot of clubs now, Bolton are languishing in, in uh, League Two, um, your own Notts County, National League. There's there's others, you know, Pompey have, have had their, their decline and, and fall. And it's often down to that kind of mismanagement, chasing after dreams that are unattainable off the pitch. Mm. I suppose mm. that's, that's football. Did you ever get to Cold Blow Lane, Steve, in your time? Did you ever Did you ever come away? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. So I would love to have gone. Um, but I didn't. No, no. It's one of my regrets, definitely. I remember Notts County beating us uh, at Cold Blow Lane. Was, I think the rainy day, and they were all crowded under the, the halfway line. I'm sure it was 5-2. I'd have to check that result. It's just come into my head, listeners. We, we did have a big win one year, didn't we? And yeah, I think it was 5-2 when I was there. And I think it was crushing, yeah. crushing loss. I remember Notts losing 6-0 there as well in 92, was it? They lost 6-0? Yes, 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 yes. That was a, that yeah. was a, that was a heavy... Yeah, it was a good thrashing that day. Heavy thumping. Um, who's your all-time favourite player, Steve, for Notts County and for Millwall? Let's give it, let's have a, we've, got, we've got a double, double horse in both places here. Hmm. Now you're asking. Notts County all time, the best player we've ever seen. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I would say it was uh, a local lad called Pedro Richards, um, oh. who was our right back in about 76, 77, 78. Right. He was a local lad, uh, born in the Meadows, which is the area where Notts County's ground is. Um, he sounds Spanish, uh, but he wasn't. He was West Indian origin. Yep. Uh, um, a little slightly built fella and he gave his all for Notts and he was Notts County through and through um, and the only player, he was the only team that he ever played for um, and quite sadly he died in his uh, 40s, a bit of an alcoholic in a um, hovel flat in the Meadows which is some of the, uh, the times that they played in I suppose yeah, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia. It's not a name that was familiar to me. Peter Pedro Richards, uh, 1956 to 2001, an English footballer played in defence for Notts County, and as you say, passed away with a um, a rare strain of pneumonia. So that's 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 a sad story. Um, yeah, uh, and I think for Millwall, I can't uh, I can't say anything other than Neil Harris. Really, Neil Harris. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, good choice. He was an absolute um, ruthless finisher. Again. Uh, a lot of younger listeners won't have seen him in his prime, in his pomp. Um, when he first came to the den, I thought we we had 
one of the real finishing talents because he was he was on the brink of a transfer to to Liverpool Spurs I think one of both were interested in him in 2001 and then obviously he was diagnosed with with the cancer and that kind of put the um you know <clears throat> put the uh the kibosh on his on his career at that level anyway um yeah, yeah. A great a great great finisher great finisher um Steve your favorite all-time match your not favorite not county match and let's go for your favorite Millwall match you've ever seen on TV or um, you know live right. as, as, as uh, you... not county match it wasn't a high scoring one I think it was 1991 season uh, yeah. FA Cup fourth round I think it was not county one Manchester City nil okay uh, there's plenty of videos of it on YouTube if anybody wants to watch uh, our goalkeeper Steve Cherry gave a masterclass in goalkeeping. Yeah. Um, the ball at one point went hit the bar, hit the back of him, and then onto the post, and he managed to turn around and pick it up. We should have lost that game eight 0 and that's not an exaggeration. We should have lost the game eight. <laughs> the ground was absolutely packed with Man City fans. They they got tickets for all four sides. Yeah. Um, and we stuck a goal in a goal in which was literally just a tap in right. from two into a virtually empty net. Um, to make it 1-0 and silence the lot of them. And I absolutely love that game. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> there is Loved. nothing nothing like that. Isn't it? I mean, it's, it's the beauty of football, isn't it? It's that, that, I'm, I'm thinking back to the um, the Mill 3, Everton 2 game a couple of years ago now. You know, the, the atmosphere being electric, like night game in that, in that situation there. <clears throat> and as you say there, you know, the kind, the kind of tilting at the Giants of the game or the, the, the big boys or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And my favourite Millwall game, I want to yeah. go back to the game just before the lockdown at um, at Forest. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, 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 yeah we're thrashing three and on once it. Um, Were you there that night, Steve? Were you oh, yes, I was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, wouldn't, right. I wouldn't miss Millwall, uh, Millwall <laughs> 10 miles from my front door, no way. Yes, I was in there that day. And, uh, I mean, it was a great game to watch. Um, it was probably against the run of play at the time, against the run of form. Yeah, it was. And it was against the Reds, and I like that. How do you see Gary Rowett as a, a not neutral? You're not a neutral, but um, you know, you're one step slightly outside the. the, the, the I, I know of Rowett probably more than the Mill fans um, before he came to you because mm. um, of, our, of our local connection. He'd been at Birmingham, which is fairly local to us. Yep. He'd been at Burton, which is very local to us. In fact, I think that's probably the nearest ground to my house where I live. Mm. Um, and um, he'd been at Derby, so I'd seen a lot of Gary Rowett on the TV, you know, on the local TV, yeah. and interviews pre-game, after games. Um, and I rate him, and it, because he is, he's very methodical in his approach, isn't he? Um, yes. And 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 I thought that I, th- I thought before the second that Millwall appointed that he was a good appointment, and I, I still do think that at the moment. I know there are a few people that woman and are in whether he's the right man, but. Um, if I was in charge, I would stick with it and, and keep going with it. But that's just my opinion. I mean, the, 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 it's been a strange season with the COVID. Obviously, you know, um, about a year and a half since I was last at a football match now, I suppose. In fact, it had just been the week before that Forest game. Um, I think we played Bristol City the last time I set foot in a football stadium. Um, and we've had a lot of injuries. And some are saying that his football is um, perhaps a little bit defensively minded. I, I, I think you're right. I think Gary Rowett, um, there's two things I like about him. One, he he gets results and, you know, we're sitting 10th in the table at the moment, which is no mean achievement given we're, given the injury list that we've had all season. 
And secondly, um, he, he's not swayed by public opinion. There was an interview that I saw today, actually, Steve. Um, he, I can't remember how he put it, but it's something along the lines, if players aren't good enough, no matter what the... Um, you know, the kind of Twitter um, audience thinks mm. if, the, if the players aren't good enough, he's not going to field them. And that's a fairly strong character. And, you know, you need to be that to be a football yeah. manager, especially yes. at the den. Um, but I admire that in a, in a way. Others might call it arrogant, but I think that's that strength of character. Yeah. Um, I think you've always got to look who else is available. Who do, who do, who do we as a club think that we can attract to Ford? Not many. Uh, at, at our team. Um, and change is not always good. Not so just got rid of Neil Ardley, who's you know a very London-based manager. Yeah, um, we were going well under him. I thought we were going well, we, but we weren't top. That was the problem. We weren't top, um, and I think a lot of people think that we're not County. We should be top, and that's not so because we are now a national league team. We're firmly a national league team. We've got no right to be the top at all. Um, and they've got rid of me. I think he'd lost something like I think it was two two in the last eleven or something like that. I don't think right. he'd even last year. Um, and they got rid of him. They've got another bloke in, um, and he's lost four out of six. I think it is or something ridiculous already. And we're now out, even out of the playoff spots now. Yeah, just looking at the uh, table, Steve. You're sitting in eighth, just above Bromley. Eight. Well, the fifty-two point Chesterfield are. Um... In the seventh, that's the playoff zone, and at four to seven, we'll be we'll be doing very well to get back into the playoff zone. The way we're playing, really, really? yeah, really, yeah. So it'll be two years at uh, low league level. And the longer you stay there, the more deeply rooted you you become a national league team. With you, you can only approach, you know, uh, get national league players to come and play for you. And at least the first season down, you've got some league players left, uh, but gradually yeah. they drop away. Yeah, I think we're, we're national league standard now. It's going to be one of my questions, actually. I mean, you, you kind of answered it there to a degree, Steve. I mean, how do you find the National League? I mean, it's there's National League being Notts County, and then there's National League being Bromley. You know, they, they've they've come from the Southern Leagues, and they've never been in the Football League. So there's a kind of um, like a non-league kind of zone that they're in. Sutton United, I think, top yeah. well, Hartlepool are top, but Sutton look like they may well be champions, and they're. Yeah, that, that's a massive, massive achievement. But Notts County, with its FA Cup historic win and, and trophies over time, it's—I would imagine it feels like a, you've fallen far. Does it feel that way in terms of football? It does. I mean, with the day we went down at, so we were away at Swindon, we got absolutely thrashed, and we needed to win, and we needed other people to lose as well, and we got thrashed. Yeah, um, it was—it was terrible. There was, it, we Gutting, were thinking, yeah. The, the, again, some YouTube videos. We were singing non-stop for the last fifteen minutes, uh, sort of in defiance, really. But I've, I've never seen so many people so upset at a football match. Mm. Uh, and you leave, and now, do I like the non-league experience? It's probably the wrong way to put it. I mean, I don't think you can like it. I mean, I, I, I... there's sort of two camps, Nick. Some people are enjoying it because they've got some new grounds to visit, and new towns to go to, uh, <laughs> new, new weekends away, and they're liking it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but I I no 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 I liked following the league team. It's as simple as that. And for me, it's probably the the worst thing that's ever happened to my team. Um, I I, I don't like it at all. I don't like it. No, no, I I I know what you mean. I mean, for some people, a trip to Solihull Moors would tick some kind of box. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to say we don't deserve to be there because it sounds a bit disrespectful disrespectful for people that sport like Sutton and Bromley. It's like, oh, he thinks we're, he's, he's better than us. Mm. Um, but 
you know, I don't like being in that division, not at all. It's it's more. I suppose it's the should be better than this. It's it's that that's the the the, the dig, isn't it? That's that's mm. it, that's that's the hard yeah. thing to to take. Um, season's not over, Steve. Not county are eight. I know you you say you do well to get in the playoffs. Um, there is still something to play for for this season. And that's mm. um, you don't fancy their chances, or, or do you, how do you see? No, it? no, no. I think even if we get into the playoffs, I'm trying to offer you some hope here, mate. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to lift you. I'm a glass half empty. Sort of <laughs> He's on the beer. He's on the soul. So oh, no. Uh, uh, no, I don't think we're going to do it. Not this season. Not right. this season. Not not with the manager they bought in. I think um, I think they've got the wrong person. I hope he proves me wrong. Just to close us, it's been a great conversation. Um, we mentioned Juventus and their black and white cars. Did you go to the Italian game? Were you? Were you um... Oh, I, I should have gone, Nick. I should have gone. Oh, mate. I know it's coming up, and I, and I never asked my wife because I thought there's no way she's going to sign me pass out for this. <laughs> the whole trip was going to cost about eight, nine hundred pounds. Yeah, it would have been a big one, wouldn't it? I, yeah, I priced, I priced it up. And it got <laughs> it got to the evening of the game, about half past seven, and it was live on Sky or BT Sport, one of them. Yeah, and I said, oh, I'm going to go in the kitchen and watch Nos. Watch yeah, yeah. You know, she was watching something on telly. She's always oh, playing. And I, she says, I says, Juventus. She says, Juventus? <laughs> They're playing Juventus. And she went, well, why didn't you go? And I says, there's no point saying that to me 10 minutes before kick-off. <laughs> I haven't got time to get there. So I, there should, we are. I should have asked. So if uh, if Millwall ever get a top tie away, make sure you ask at least. I, 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 <laughs> I'll give you a shout. Now. I'll call your wife for you next time. Man. He's got to come. He's got to come. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine where we're going to get anywhere near Europe again, Steve, to be absolutely honest with you, mate. But um, it's nice to, nice to dream of it, isn't it? Um, Steve, it's been wonderful talking about these things. Um, it'd be great to catch up at some point once life's back to normal. And I've been yeah. to do that Meadow Lane trip at some stage. Um, but for now, wonderful conversation with Steve Sanders, Notts County and Millwall. What a great combination. And England. Let's get them in the Yeah. Big thank you to you, mate. Um, Arriva Dirty, dear listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.